Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. I'm going to admit the most old lady thing to you that I really hesitate to even tell you off the air, much less on the air, because you're going to give me a hard oh, time. Oh, boy. Here we go. My Mima lived through the Depression, and so I saw her, how she operated when I was a kid. I have mm-hmm. become Mima as a single woman that lives alone. When There's I don't. There's a cat in here somewhere, right? I, no, it's not about the cat this time. Right. Um, gotcha. <laughs> but when I'm. Thinking the bread's getting to a point of where in a few days it might mold, I'm throwing it mm-hmm. in the freezer. You just toast it. No, but I might it, not then need you toast it. it. Oh, yeah. Do you see what I'm um, saying? I think the thing would be how many loaves of bread are in your freezer right One now? One thing. <laughs> I'm so just saying a, things are so crazy good. and you're weird, good. and yeah. I am starting to do some recession behavior that I saw my grandparents do. I'm doing it. I just got four kids, you know, at home. So it's a lot of. Uh, Ground beef, you know, yeah. some chicken, hot dogs. Wait, are you down to the 80-20? Don't go that low. Come on. Or the 75? Listen, don't knock it. 80-20 is the best for hamburgers. All right. Uh, the flavor, it, it, I guess. It's uh, the flavor. If you're doing <laughs> spaghetti, you got to go with the stuff because, you know, you can't have greasy spaghetti. That's true. That is what it is. Yeah. Let's continue talking about really the uncertainty that's out there and whether you're like me and being a weirdo that's freezing half a loaf of bread because, hey, why not? Bread's higher these days and I don't need it today. I might need it another day or going the 80-20 route with Mike. We're all concerned about what's happening with our economy, especially with all of the ever-changing as soon as you turn around, there's a new financial headline. If you've got questions about how that relates to your bottom line, you're listening to the right show. Meet Mike Lester. He is a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor and the founder of Talon Wealth. Connect to us anytime at guardingyournestag.com. An article in the Wall Street Journal says that a number of strategists feel bonds are back. Some portfolio managers are targeting corporate, home mortgage, and other bonds as alternatives to stocks because prices have fallen to levels that may or may not be too good to pass up. My question, Mike, is as a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor, is this something you and the portfolio managers at Talon Wealth are looking into? Well, we certainly are. The issue with bonds would be that in the first quarter of this year, because of the uh, really, really high inflation, so we got surprised uh, in January with the uh, inflation rate, then again in February and then in March. And what it did was it caused, and I don't want to get too technical, but the 10-year Treasury was spiking on the uh, based on the anticipation that the Fed would raise rates potentially even more than they had already said they were going to raise rates. So. When the Fed raised the, raises the interest rate, it, it, the idea is to slow down the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the issues when it comes to inflation can be because the economy is just too hot. And again, we've already talked about all the reasons why things are costing more than they probably should, and we can all point fingers. But the reality is uh, we're just looking for investments for clients that are likely to do well. So earlier this year, we wanted to get out of bonds because the actual underlying value of a bond typically goes down as interest rates are going up. Long story short, alternative investments may pay better than bonds would be the way to to do Hmm. that if interest rates are going up. But now it's kind of flip-flopped because it looks like we overdid it because the economy is slowing down on its own. I mean, all you got to do is go to the gas pump and figure out, well, gee whiz, I wonder why this economy might slow down. Well, if the average price is... If I'm freezing bread uh, and gas is that yeah, expensive. Yeah, if you're freezing bread <laughs> and gas is that expensive, people are probably going to be yes. cutting back. And and, and th- that just means there's a retraction in the economy. So, again, we talked about it earlier in the show, don't be shocked if at the end of 
the second quarter here, suddenly we have a uh, technical recession, a pullback. Again, I think we're already in it. And moving forward, it just becomes, what are we going to do about it? So yes, I think bonds are more attractive than they were at the beginning of the year. It's easy for the media talk about bonds because it's something that I think most people have an awareness of. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when most people look at their portfolio, they look at it as well, stocks or bonds, as if those are the only two investment options available in a portfolio. It's just that they're the most obvious options um, when you invest in your 401k or your IRA, or maybe you've got an advisor that's saying, you've got a conservative portfolio, so we're gonna have it mostly in bonds. This idea of stocks and bonds is just more tangible to most people. But the reality for me as a fiduciary fee-only advisor is most of our clients are either retired or very close to it. I don't like stocks right now because we believe that the market's going to continue to slide. I just don't see a reason for it to do better. I'm not a big fan of bonds only because interest rates probably do tick up and I think they're more favorable than they were again at the beginning of the year. But the reality is if you take a look at all of the options that are available, don't just look at investing in individual stocks. Don't just look at investing in a mutual fund. Don't just look at investing in bonds or bond funds. Let's take a look at those, but then let's look at all of the other options that are available and make a decision on what's the best option. And best option is gonna be different for everyone, but it's typically which investment gives me the highest rate of return and the least amount of risk given my personal risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. But not just looking at stocks and bonds, looking at everything. I think if you took a look at all of the options, you probably wouldn't go with bonds. It doesn't mean I think bonds are bad. It doesn't mean I think that bonds aren't going to provide a return. I just don't think right now in the past few months and probably moving forward here for the next year, you would choose bonds if you knew what all of your options were. Now, I don't know, but Kristen, we talk about this all the time. We work with individuals if we can provide value in your particular situation. If we take a look at your investments and it turns out we're doing better than you've been doing, we might invite you to come work with Town Wealth. But if it turns out you're doing better, I'm probably just going to ask you or find out what you've been doing because we would want to share that with the rest of our clients, right? <laughs> so it's really just a conversation. Well, I mean, you're a fiduciary, so whatever's the yeah. best opportunity, you're going to want to know about no matter what. Exactly. The other day, a friend of mine ended up venting to me, Mike, about what's happening, well, rather, I should say, not happening with some of mm-hmm. her family's money. She okay. lost her parents a few years ago and... In that time, they passed down a very large IRA. After seeing intense economic headlines, she logged into that account recently and unfortunately found out that it was down about 30%. And she's very frustrated because the advisor that she inherited along with the IRA isn't managing that money. When she logged in, she saw no proactive changes were made in recent months at all. And now she's honestly feeling emotional about it and disappointed in herself because feels she's done a poor job of taking care of the money her parents worked so hard to save and invest and set aside as a legacy for her and her children. All the emotions of this aside, which I feel so bad for her, if she were listening today, what would you say to her finding out by accident that a large portion of money and by the way, I think it's over $900,000 in this IRA, mm. hasn't been proactively managed. First of all, I wish that was unique, but we're getting calls um, and, and, and getting calls today on the program about uh, people in a similar situation. Mm. First of all, it's a disappointment. I think that's what you're talking about. In her situation, well, it's a trusted advisor. And when things are going well, it just seems like you know the account value goes up. But when things are doing poorly, 
it's going down and there's an expectation that the advisor is going to do something about it, but then it turns out that they didn't. And so I'm sorry to hear in her case, she's off, off 30%. Managing money, it's certainly not easy and, and, and nobody has a crystal ball, but I do feel, and it's just what I've learned in 20 plus years in this industry is I don't feel that most advisors or most firms, they're either not equipped or they're not willing to be proactive when it comes to uh, management of portfolios. It's typically firms that do advertising and everything else. They, they do a very good job of collecting assets, right? So they're out there all the time, sort of, hey, we do this, we do that. This is how we're gonna help you. We're gonna collect assets and they're bringing money in based on advertising, either when markets are doing well and then they're sort of promoting a service approach or now you'll see firms out there promoting that, well, markets are really, really bad, so give us a call and will give you some sort of a guarantee. Well, that, that's just a product, right? Mm -hmm. Probably an insurance product, maybe something else. So it's confusing. Being proactive doesn't mean you have a crystal ball. It doesn't mean you know exactly what's gonna happen with markets moving forward. I think, and the way that we run Talon Wealth and the message of this radio program, I think proactive is being a fiduciary, meaning that you work in the best interest of your clients, being a fee-only advisor, meaning you don't sell products, mm -hmm. and just knowing who your clients are, knowing your client. Our clients are individuals that are retirement or very close to it. So we know that they want the highest rate of return they can get, but we also know they're not willing to take a lot of risk. So a lot of people are asking us, Mike, why did you take um, your IRA accounts and your Roth accounts to cash a couple months ago? It was because we believed markets weren't going to do well and we knew we could move clients from the market into cash without it being a taxable event to them. Huh. And I'm oversimplifying, but that's what it boils down to. And we know exactly who our clients are. I knew I could also get them back in if I needed to, back into the market. Well, it turns out markets are off an awful lot. Uh -huh. And it was a great decision and we're helping clients protect their money. But Kristen, that's what they're paying us for. So that's why we're doing it. And had we been wrong, they would have missed out on a portion of gains. Turns out they're missing out on a bunch of losses, but I just want to encourage people, make sure you understand your relationship with your advisor. And if you don't have an advisor, give us a call. If we can provide value, you might want to work with us. We'll wrap up with some good news. A South African woman named Johanna Mazabuko. I'd see, I'm not good at different languages. I've got to get better at that. Either way, the good news is she celebrated her 128th birthday recently. It's thought that she could be the oldest person alive. Born in a farm town in South Africa in 1894, she married, had eight children, 50 grand and great-grandchildren, and lived through, let's see, British colonialism, apartheid, two world wars, and she tells the UK's Metro, quote, we lived so well on the farms, there were no problems. Fresh milk and wild spinach were a main part of her diet for many years, she says she does eat modern food now, but sometimes misses the simplicity of her childhood. And at 128, more good news, she lives with a caregiver, does struggle with hearing. I mean, she's 128, but is independent enough to move about the house, enjoy things, and people watch out the window. How cute is that? <laughs> a window or just sitting on the front porch, right? We've all seen the... Somebody yeah. in the neighborhood who's maybe a little bit older and likes to watch the world go by. And I always like that when I pass by. Well, listen, 128, that's a big number. Um, but it just points out we don't know how long we're going to live. Yeah. And, uh, Especially you know. if we live a simple life like she did. 
All right, she probably had some uh, great genetics there. Uh, <laughs> probably doesn't hurt that she's got a lot of friends and family around, right? 50 grandchildren. I mean, that's amazing. And then eating good food growing up. This is this is this is, this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this radio station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information.